0: Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After to this very important special edition focusing on the coronavirus and its impact on the divorce process. Today, we have one of the top experienced attorneys here, my dear friend Randy Carmel. She has her own law practice, Randy Carmel PLLC, and has been practicing law for over 20 years. She works and has extensive experience in the areas of litigation as well as trial. She represents clients in many different types of engagements, but helping them negotiate whether it's prenuptial agreements, midnuptial agreements, negotiating separation and settlement agreements, as well as helping with actions for divorce, including equitable distribution, maintenance, visitation, child support, as well as custody for children. She's a very well-respected member of the Family Law Section of the New York State Bar Association also the Brooklyn Bar Association and the Women's Bar Association of both New York and Kings County. She's going to be helping us better understand what our options are if you are becoming clearer in your mind that you want to move forward with a divorce, but yet right now the courts are currently closed. She'll help us also understand what types of services the court is offering in particular how you can make sure that your children are protected and if you need protection, particularly if you have a situation of any type of spousal abuse or rights infringement. Randy has some wonderful important advice for those individuals going through the divorce process who well, going to find uh, that their divorce is going to take a lot longer now. And finally, Important, important tips for those individuals to help better understand if their child support and spousal support might be potentially cut because their ex is going through a difficult employment situation right now. We're seeing individuals being laid off and we're also seeing individuals being forced to take much lower salaries and lower paychecks. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Randy Carmel, who's gonna take us through this difficult time and give us the information we need to make good decisions now and as we move forward. So thank you everyone for joining today. We have a wonderful experienced attorney here, Randy Carmel, who I've had the pleasure to get to know over many years. And I am really honored to interview her to give you important tips. Today is a podcast for women who are thinking about possibly embarking on the divorce process or separation process, for women who are going through the process right now, and those of you who have recently come out and are starting your new life we all are living in a new normal of the coronavirus. And there are huge repercussions for all of us in the way that we live our everyday life, but also particularly for those of us thinking about or going through divorce. And so I have a lot of questions that I know you share as well for Randy. Um, Many of you have also uh, called in with these questions. So I'm going to get Straight to the beginning, because I want to make sure that we're using this time as valuable as possible. And so my first question to you, Randy, is can you start a divorce action right now? Because I know here in New York City, the courts have actually closed due to the coronavirus. First of all, thank you for having me, and I appreciate the introduction.
1: Um, I am speaking as a New York lawyer. Of course, this is not legal advice that I could uh, give to people. This is just general uh, questions being answered. And um, my website also has uh, all the disclaimers about giving legal advice, because this cannot be uh, considered legal advice. But I can tell you what is going on now, and I'm happy to uh, convey that to you. Right now, no new actions are allowed to be brought in court unless they are orders of protection, those kind of cases. You can have um, certain neglect or abuse cases. But when it comes to a divorce and filing for uh, an action for divorce, you would not be able to do that now in the New York courts.
0: And... When you talk about orders of protection in certain types of matters being addressed by, by the courts, if you f- are finding that your parental rights are being infringed on, you know, meaning that let's say you're not able to see your children, your, your spouse is withholding children, uh, the children visitation from you, is this a matter where the courts are available to you or is that not the case right now?
1: Well, in New York, we've been very, very lucky that there are judges. If you are actually before a judge and have a filed case and are in the middle of a litigation, uh, between last week and this week, judges have made themselves available for phone conferences. We email the court. They have made um, themselves available for conference calls. They have been extraordinarily helpful. Uh, But I do want to add, because I think that this is important, this is not the time to take advantage of uh, this epidemic and withhold access, or somebody should not withhold access of a child or children, because eventually you are going to be before the court if one does that. And I don't believe that the courts are going to look lightly on people who are taking advantage. Um, that, that that doesn't mean that certainly people are not concerned about turning over a child or travel or how a child will be in a certain environment or how many people are in a home. Uh, but courts have indicated that they will be looking at uh, how people behave now, mm-hmm. as you know, yeah. when they are deciding. Uh, decision-making and maybe residential, uh, custody. So it certainly is, uh, an issue that nobody should really be taking advantage now. But if in fact there is an issue, uh, regarding access, many judges are making themselves available. I can't say every single one is, but many are, or they are, uh, at
0: least answering emails. Yeah. It's interesting. I've talked to a couple clients where there's been cases where uh, the kids were supposed to go to dad's for spring break down in Florida, not happening. And there's another situation of a client of ours. The father ended up buying out the house during the divorce settlement. So he has a vacation home out in the Hamptons. And she was here in the city and having a difficult time getting the kids out there. And what I have to say, and I, I don't, I know that this is not true of every situation, but in both of those cases, they came together and they found a great solution. So in the first case, the fall break now is going, dad is going to have the kids in Florida versus this one. And in that Hampton situation, what they ended up doing is that they ended up renting a house, not far from where dad lives in the Hamptons for her. And they're splitting the cost. And this was a very, very litigious divorce. And yet here we are having couples really work together to make sure that the kids can still see mom and dad and try and have as much normalcy as as possible. What are some other situations where you might find it's difficult for the kids to be able to see you know, both mom and dad? Well, travel is a big deal. We have several cases where the
1: children were away for spring break or on their way uh, to go to spring break. We have several situations where people live in different boroughs in New York. So if somebody lives in Richmond County, Staten Island, somebody lives in Manhattan, um, how are you going to deal with? getting on public transportation, which may have been the, the, the mode that they were actually doing beforehand. But people are, for the most part, um, people are working together. When you deal with the um, travel issue and how you're going to do access, if that is something that you are resolving, which obviously my clients are resolving and your clients are resolving, that's a wonderful thing, and I think it's going to hold a lot of water if there's ever a litigation. I also think that doing what's in the best interest of the children, which, as you said, to try to keep things a status quo, is uh, the best that, that you can do. Um, there are those cases where people are using and they're resorting to self-help, and they're taking the child and not returning the child for three or four days. That is a scenario that unfortunately is happening. And again, hopefully a judge can make themselves available. If not, it's going to be very tense until you're finally in court litigating that issue. One of the issues that I think is worth talking about is when you're in the same home and you're on top of each other and there are children 24-7. And, and you're
0: getting you're a divorce.
1: And you're yeah. cooking every meal and you may also be trying to do other things. And- that is where we're seeing some conflict because it's hard enough to go through a divorce when you're living together. It's hard enough to want a divorce or no one is pending when you're living together. And um, that's the problem. And my solution for that, and I think it's a lot of attorney solution is give each other space and have somewhat of an internal schedule within your home. Now, mm-hmm. the problem then becomes, oh, he had 50% of the time in the home and I had 50% of the time. Is that what's actually going to happen when we separate? I never wanted that when we're in two separate homes. That clearly is an issue. But to give the other one space and to be able to say, you know what, this is your time. You tuck the kids in or you do this. That seems to be something that is working, trying to give each parent some alone time with the children or the child, so you're not with your spouse twenty four seven. If you have a relationship that is somewhat stressed,
0: so I'll will tell you, I'm with my spouse twenty four seven right now, and I I love the heck out of him. But there have been times where yeah. <laughs> like it, this is me loving the guy, and you know twenty four seven. So I can only imagine, and we are seeing. More conflict because people are being trapped inside. And um, Randy, you had forwarded a, a fantastic article that was put out uh, specifically looking at the divorce rates in China after the quarantine had been lifted, that it had skyrocketed. And I imagine that that is going to happen for us as well once the courts open. But my fear. And this goes back to the courts not being uh, open right now. My fear is that with the stress and anxiety and the together 24 seven, that we may see an increase in domestic violence. And what does a woman
1: do? So I actually used to be a prosecutor and part of my rotation, I was assigned to the Domestic Violence Bureau of the DA's office when I was prosecutor. And we don't like to generalize, but there were certain statistics um, that we could not overlook. And there were certain months that there was an increase in domestic violence. And it usually was when it was extraordinarily hot outside, like August, and people were stuck home without air conditioning or without a way of getting out. And that is one of my fears, is that there will be more domestic violence now. Then, and also alcohol, because alcohol stores are open, that alcohol plays a role yeah. in this as well. And people self-soothe, people who are not working, people who are worried about money and their jobs. They may drink, they may be, come home, and there may be some, you know, uh, some violence. So I do think that it will increase. I think that the police are still operating. The police are still making arrests. Um, the police are still, there was actually an op-ed uh, two weeks ago from a criminal defense attorney who said, why aren't we considered, the criminal defense attorney, a necessary profession? Why aren't we one of those when the government is still working? So of course, these uh, anybody who is a victim of domestic violence, you can call the police. You can call the district attorney's office. That should still be an avenue to pursue. If you are in family court, let's say you say, I'm not going to go and make an arrest uh, or I'm not going to go the criminal route, you still could get into family court for an order of protection. So you still have that resource. Um, And in New York, you can get an order of protection from criminal court as well as Supreme Court, as well as family court all at the same time, you're not limited to only one. So whatever avenue you need to pursue to get there as soon as possible, that is what you should do. The issue is then if you got a full stay away order, are they going to kick somebody out of the home? Yeah. Who is How does that, yeah. But The person who has the order of protection, you know, we always say it's only as good as the piece of paper that it's on. Somebody can listen to it, right? If they can say, I don't want to be arrested, I'm going to honor it. But when you're in the home with somebody with an order of protection, you're both living in fear to some extent. You have somebody who's living with somebody who's violent. And then you have the person who says, let's say she could have me arrested at any time because all she has to do is say, he did this to me. Police must make an arrest. They don't need to have any more information than just the statement, this is what's going on. So then yeah. I believe the issue becomes even more, you know, uh, heightened. But I can tell you that nobody should stay home. Nobody should, uh, with, with somebody who is abusing them, you should call the police or go to family court. And um, those resources have not been shut down and they yeah. are
0: set open. So one of the other things that you had shared that was interesting that I hadn't even thought about was individuals who have actually decided they filed for divorce, but because of the coronavirus have not been able to serve their spouse divorce papers. Wow. I mean, didn't even think about that. So what would you do in that situation? And are there any ramifications? Sure. In New York there you have 120 days to have somebody
1: personally served. So not everybody can meet that requirement because some people sit on the pleadings for a while because they want to file because they want to there's an expression stop the clock. They want, you know, their client to be able to all his or her earnings afterwards be their separate property. So there's many reasons why people file for divorce. Uh, in New York, we have automatic restraining orders where you can't take a beneficiary, you can't change a beneficiary, take somebody off medical insurance, you can't sell certain assets. So there's reasons why people file, but they don't always serve right away. So uh-huh. yeah, if you didn't make the hundred and twenty mark, 1st of all, you're not going to find a process server now who's going to personally go into somebody's house. I mean, maybe there's some out there, but I, I think even if you find them, they're not likely to open the door. So yeah. if Close to that statute of limitations, I think that you're going to blow it, but I don't think the judges are going to hold people to that. I believe that there will be uh, lawyers who will have to make the application for an extension. Now, if Uh they have tried to serve them a week before all this is happening, I don't know if a judge would say, I'm going to extend it for you. But if somebody shows, I have been trying and I couldn't, and then this happened, that may be something that a court would uh, consider. Another area that can be done is somebody can serve via email, even though that's not technically proper service, and the other person or their lawyer can actually sign a stipulation saying, we've accepted service. And we do this all the time. We try not to have somebody served at their home or their work if we could avoid it. So we certainly have that option. And then there's a stipulation that you could enter into where somebody can't file for divorce now, but we call it a stop the clock stipulation, which is we're gonna treat it as if today was a day that we can file. And we're going to abide by the automatic restraining orders, and we're going to abide by this date being a
0: date that's important for certain reasons. So tell me a little bit more about stop the clock and what that is, and I know you talked about it a little bit, but also why that's so important during the divorce process.
1: Because the earliest you could appraise something or value something is at the date of commencement. So something like real estate, you can actually appraise up until the date of trial. Um, One of my cases, we had a two-point dollars appraisal of a home as of the date of commencement or the date that you would stop the clock. But by the time it got to trial, it was 3 point something million. That changes an entire settlement or trial. But most bank accounts, most retirement accounts, it gets valued as of the day of the commencement. And then you could take into account gains and losses of your particular amount during that time. So it's important because you want to be able sometimes to say, hey, I need it stopped right here because I'm about to do something else or I'm about to come into money from something that has nothing to do with the marriage that could be considered marital. So a lot of it has to do with when you value assets. And that's a main uh, point. Imagine also opening your own business. If you open your own business during the course of the marriage, that's going to be marital and something that is valued. And imagine now, especially with what's going on, maybe somebody a couple weeks ago said, you know, this is I'd like to open my own business in a particular field. You want to stop the clock. So then that particular business is going to be considered your separate property. Same thing with deposits into an, uh, a retirement account. Same thing with your income. Once you have that filing, those uh, that kind of income is usually your separate income. So there's yeah. many yeah. reasons why you would want to stop the clock. And there's many reasons why you would possibly want to enter into stipulations about people not invading their retirement accounts without consent or certain rules or or Mm -hmm. certain money that could be placed, especially during
0: these now very hard times. So let's think about the woman who is listening now and she's not going through the divorce process, but starting to get educated because she thinks that she thinks that this might be the right thing for her. What can she do now to prepare to well, educate herself?
1: That is a great question and many people have time now and again I know when you have children at home and it's 24-7 you don't have the time but we're all working different kind of hours now. I think that you can get the ball rolling by getting educated. I have had Zoom conferences with people who were considering divorce who now may feel that they are ready, who may feel that. They don't know what's going on with their uh, finances, right? Or now they're worried even more than they ever were before and they're not getting answers. So you can still have, and I I think it's a very good idea to talk to matrimonial lawyers, talk to financial advisors, get ready. And nobody is going to make you get ready in a fast and, you know, uh, risk way because you can't now. So (laughs) <laughs> this is a perfect time to take some time and to really interview lawyers, to to see who's available, to interview and speak with you know anybody, whether it's a CPA, um, and learn what you can do. And you can also, for lack of a better phrase, gear up for it. You can say, you know what? Here are all the facts that you need to eventually, when I want to file, let's get started. Let's, and, you know, and you could get sign a retainer with somebody you can give, you know, a certain amount of money and say, maybe this is just for for, you know, consultation with j- just to, you know, start that process rather than actually filing. But a lot of lawyers are going to, I think, be geared up for certain people who are going to say, I'm going to be ready to file by the time. We're all out out of our homes. So you definitely should educate yourself. Um, I don't, I'm not a a very big believer in educating yourself with, uh, you know, the internet, with a million, you know, blogs. I think that every state is different and you need to talk to somebody in your state. I have received calls from people in different states that are now dealing with custody issues. And the child's been here for so long, but how long? And the child has to be somewhere six months usually for that uh, state to have jurisdiction. But I'm getting those calls now, and I have to make it very, very clear that I'm telling you New York advice, not Maryland or not somewhere else. Yeah. So um, this is a great time to educate yourself in terms of being in a home with somebody where it may be difficult. You use your headphones sit in a corner of the house when you have your alone time, make some alone time. And most people can talk very, very low and still be heard, you know, a a matrimonial lawyer. And I think we're all used to people who can't really speak. So most of us know what questions to ask and for it to be yes, no questions. Yeah. And set up a separate email account that you can't, that's not based on somebody going in and saying, oh, all of the Yahoo accounts or all of the Gmail accounts. And email, because a lot of us have the time. We're working in very odd schedules and
0: times now. But this is a perfect time to educate yourself. Perfect, yeah. And something that's a great opportunity now that would not pique any type of questions or concerns is you telling your spouse, can we go through the credit cards? I just want to see what we're spending. I want to see what, you know, memberships we can put on pause. So we do zeal massage, which they come into your home and you pay a monthly fee so you get all these great discounts. And, you know, so I went through the credit cards and I I noticed that we're still paying that, even though zeal isn't even in operation. It was kind of naughty for them not to immediately stop it, but, you know, it's a great opportunity. You have every reason in the world to look at all your expenses right now. And the other piece is you have every reason in the world to look at all of your investment accounts to say, you know, I know the market's gone down. How much has it hit us? And be able to start to get a clear picture of what your assets are too. That
1: is 100% true. And one good thing is When a spouse who may not know about all the finances asks the other spouse, that always raises red flags. Like, Why are you suddenly asking me that? Not now. Now everybody is concerned. Everybody wants to say, wait a minute. So in some respects, it camouflages the fact that you may want this information because you may want to file for divorce. Or for child support, if you're not married and, and there's a child, it's a great camouflage to say, Look, I'm really worried. I've been reading a lot that's out there, and I think our investment accounts, you know, when are we going to be able to retire? When are we going to be able to do this? If your spouse doesn't want to share it with you at that point, and you're home, and most things are online, and if you It's not online. I'm sure that they will be put online shortly for whatever entity I can't even imagine doesn't have online uh, statements. I think at that point, that will solidify certain views about whether or not you you, you want to be married to this person. And again, what you do during this time is going to very much affect how people are going to settle or litigate or go through a divorce. Because imagine telling your lawyer or court I asked in the most crucial time when the market was dropping what our expenses are, what are and I was declined that information. And this made me even more worried and more stressed out and I'm anxiety written because of it. That can only I think help. The person who's in that position. And, and I'm not suggesting that we use this as any kind of tool because those are the facts. Somebody is not giving you the information, but this really is a good time to learn and to get the information. And one thing that I just want to state, because you had brought up a very good point, which was the domestic violence that can happen in you know, and China and, and the fact that there were a lot of divorces. I'm actually using some of the this time to reach out to clients and their lawyers to say "Do you think we could settle now because people are for every person that's anxious there may be one or two people who are ready to say let's put our differences aside and let's not spend all the money on lawyers and fighting because we're going to need it so this could be an incredible opportunity to say, I'd rather put my money in an investment than maybe fight about an extra day or two vacation or, uh, you know, buying, you bought a couch and I bought something that was less expensive. So it really could be a wonderful opportunity to settle and to take your money and to put it where it may be better spent, um, which is maybe
0: in savings or any financial device that you would recommend. Yeah, you bring up a good point because I know that we chatted earlier and you know one of the questions I had that I know our listeners are thinking of if I'm in the divorce process, does this delay my divorce now? And you shared, guess what? It does. And so all of a sudden, settlement looks much more attractive because you're looking at a much longer time frame now. Cases are being adjourned for months. Cases where people
1: have not even seen their children are being adjourned for months. But imagine support. And I have this situation. I cannot file for a new client for maintenance, for support right now. So how that spouse, that my client's spouse, and his lawyers are going to handle this is going to be very interesting. And... Would we be ready the day you're allowed to file with, yes, look what happened? Sure. Do they know it? Absolutely. Do I think that they'll maybe not fight so hard now because of how this is going to look? Yes. So there's no upside to any what's going on now, but it is an opportunity to say, we are not going to be able to complete this in court. We're not going to be able to do anything right now, but we can maybe take the time when people are calm to settle or to at least show what could be the court, how we handle you know the parties, how they handle these situations. So I actually do think that uh, trials, I was supposed to be on trial Monday and Tuesday. We don't even have a date yet for when that's going to uh, be adjourned. I can't imagine that being adjourned to April or May. I could probably think sometime in the summer, maybe in the fall, so because all the court appearances that may be more important than that trial for, for the uh, judicial system, that may take priority. So I think it's a good time to look at this and to say we should settle rather
0: than to continue with the litigation. That makes sense. That makes sense. The other worry, I mean, we just saw the, the highest number of unemployment claims in history. In history, and a lot of individuals are sitting very uncomfortable uh, right now, worried about downward modifications to the child support that they're receiving or downward modifications to the spousal maintenance that they're receiving because their ex just lost their job, and if they haven't lost their job, Um, there are great fears that they potentially will. How does the whole downward modification process work? And is that different today because of the coronavirus? That's a great question.
1: The standard for modifying maintenance is much higher than the standard for modifying child support. So for maintenance, you need severe hardship to be able, if you have an agreement, to be able to change it. It is much more difficult to modify that. Now, are people gonna be in severe hardship now? Perhaps, perhaps, and then you have child support where you need a substantial change of circumstances unless you have an agreement or a court order that in New York there was a child support standards, uh, an amendment to it, that you could go back every three years as a matter of course for modification or you can go back for modification if there's a 15% change in income. Moving that aside, which is you're always allowed. You, I mean, unless you waived it, you you can go back for that. Is this a substantial change in circumstance which can never be waived in somebody's income that would warrant a modification? And the answer is, this was unanticipated. This is you know, this is substantial. If you've lost your job, or many people are lowering the uh, salaries that they're paying, they're either getting, they're either letting employees go, or they're lowering their income. Yes, this was unanticipated and pretty much I'm sure that the income that people are are now going to see is going to be substantial. I do think that that's going to have an incredible impact um, on, on the courts and on child support in general. If you are a recipient and you are relying on that solely for your rent or solely for certain things, there's no question that a court is going to consider almost, I can imagine, almost every single claim. Um, And the prospect of, okay, now people are back up and running. Are you going to then get your job back? Or do I think that employers may hire people for equal skill but less money because they haven't been there for 15 years? I think that this is going to be a trend that somebody who is making, and I'm making up figures $150,000, if that person was let go, what are the odds that the employer are going to say, I'm going to hire you back? They may hire somebody at $80,000 an hour who's more desperate for the job. Yeah. So yeah. I do think that this is going to have an impact on the recipient. I do think that people are going to get downward modifications. I think that it's going to be a balancing act. And I think that people are going to wind up um, in court on the initial and then court not much thereafter if somebody winds up getting a job or, or things pick up. I think people are going to have difficulty paying their rent. And for the people who are paying for private school and all the extracurricular activities, I can't tell you how much I believe that the influx of cases to family court and Supreme Court in New York regarding all those add-on expenses are going to be um, litigated. And then you're going to be dealing with best interests also of children if they've been in the same private school for a certain period of time. And now they can't. The parents can't afford it anymore. Is the school going to do give scholarships? It's going to be a, a, a very big uh, impact. But I do, in fact, believe that the courts are going to be flooded with those types of cases.
0: Wow. So I know we're coming up to the end here. You know, any other words of wisdom for women that are you know going through the divorce process or even thinking about? starting the process and next steps. Anything else that you want to make sure we we talk about? Yes, I think
1: that, you know, everybody is talking about because we're all home at this point, that it's very isolating and that people can feel very depressed and very unhappy because they feel like they are uh, in isolation. And I often feel that if you're in a bad, bad marriage, you can feel more alone sleeping next to somebody than if you actually didn't have that person with you. So I understand the whole concept. But what I've also noticed, I'm going to put a positive spin on this, What I've also noticed is that there are more chats out there. There's more WhatsApp groups. People are reaching out to one another or you can be the person to reach out to. To I know I've reached out to people that I haven't spoken to for a while just because they were on my mind. There are more resources out there than people could imagine. This podcast is, is a resource. You are a resource. And my... Words of wisdom would be that you don't have to go through any of this alone. People more than ever are going to be reaching out to others for help. This is now, I think, the positive spin on everybody now using the internet and all these Zoom conferences and all these, you know, FaceTime is I believe people are going to be connected more than ever. People are going to be able to find resources more than ever. Divorce is rough. You shouldn't go through it alone, and there's no need to go through it alone, but the most important thing I think I can say is don't make decisions when you're emotional, and that's with anything in life.
0: That's whether it's going through a divorce or changing your hair color, right? You don't do anything when you're emotional. And I'm just going to throw in there investing as well, investing as well.
1: (laughs) And you should go to the third parties who are available to you such as financial planners who know more than than most of us because they're on the the front line of of learning what is going on in the market. Speak to as many matrimonial lawyers as you can or who would give you time. If you are only dealing with things like parental access as opposed to an entire divorce, then speak to somebody who knows how to handle the situation. Try to de-escalate things. But by all means, be more connected now than you ever have. And this is an opportunity to learn and to be educated and to reach out for resources because people who may have never returned your call before because they were too crazy with other things. Now we're sitting and have the time and are welcoming it to so take advantage. That's the key. Take advantage of the time.
0: That is unbelievably helpful. I can't thank you enough for your time, Randy. And this is a huge topic that's on everyone's mind, everyone's mind. And so I really appreciate you being part of this special edition to talk more about what the coronavirus is doing, how it is going to impact your settlement and potentially impact the way that you are, have custody situations with your kids, and most importantly, how to do the right thing. And so I can't thank you enough for being here today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me, and thank you so much for sharing your audience with me.
0: The current crisis that we are living through day to day creates anxiety, stress, and a whole lot of worry. And you put on top of that a divorce, and you have a a recipe for a very difficult situation, more difficult than most of us are facing. Today's episode was to give you the answers to the questions that you have, to make sure that you're able to move through this period in a way that preserves your safety, your peace of mind, and your financial security. Please do reach out and ask me if you have any questions or if we can support you in any way. You see, the way that we get through a crisis like this is that we lean on one another. We reach out and we ask for help. Even though I know me as a woman, I struggle to do that. But I'm learning to do that now because I know that if I reach out to others and ask for their help, they're going to feel comfortable and give themselves permission to reach out to me. We want to help. So if we can support you in any way, whether it's questions about your finances, questions about your accounts, questions about the stock market, questions about the aid package and what that means for you, questions about your divorce, please reach out to me. And you know my email, but I'll give it to you again, and I'll put this in the show notes. Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y at francisfinancial.com. And you can also reach me via email 212 374 9008. I also want to make sure that you have the contact information for Randy Carmel, our wonderful speaker that we had today. Randy's offices are here in New York, and she is remote and paperless, so she can work with you wherever you are, especially during this crisis. Her office contact information is 212 755 0224. And you can email her quickly and easily from the contacts us section on her website. And her website is www.randycarmel.com. R A N D I Carmel, K A R M el.com. Please do get the support you need. Do reach out and know that we're here for you. Thank you for joining us for Financially Ever After.